This is the Green Data Center Podcast, year-end 2023. Once again in 2023, we saw billions, billions go into the data center industry to go ahead and develop bring on new companies, and we also saw a lot of mergers and acquisitions as well. We'll also get into some of the other big stories, especially towards the end of the year here, which does include Quantum Leaphole and the state of Maryland. And then on the almost polar opposite side, in Virginia, we'll see the largest land development approval that we've seen so far, ever. And of course, we'll get into AI and what it means for data centers and sustainability, and of course, predictions for all of 2024. Let's start with the billions of dollars that have been going into the data center industry. There have been two major players that I'll mention here. Of course, there's been many others throughout the world, but I will talk about Blackstone and Brookfield. Of course, Blackstone is jumping in with $8 billion that they're looking to do with QTS, which whom they own. And that investment is in a number of data center sites. And the idea is that they're targeting the AI developments, and they're seeing this as a once-in-a-generation development. So they're really targeting that and buying land, buying power, securing all of that so that all of these major players in AI can go ahead and land on their campuses with their data centers. Generative AI, of course, has been the big trend throughout the last year plus, and we're seeing just more and more developments going into that with predictions of 30 to 40 and even higher gigawatts of power use. On the data center front overall, this means that we've seen record number of leases. All the capacity and space is being sucked up a lot for these AI approaches where they're taking a model and they're tweaking it, they're rerunning it. They're getting it to generate for specific industries or specific customers. Now, a lot of this is used to go ahead and take a base, a foundation model, and try and transition that for a specific industry, of course. But even those foundational models, there's a lot that goes into the power. And it's not just about the data size set or the model size. It's about the compute power that can be used for the training. And of course, that matters a heck of a lot to data centers where you're going to get megawatts upon megawatts or gigawatts now in order to go ahead and help with that model because that is one of the prime factors with getting large language models to be better and better. Now there's a lot of papers that are starting to be generated around this and um, a lot of this stemmed from DeepMind and Google and uh, and others that have been in the industry. So there's a lot of different players, uh, I'd say about a dozen different teams that are really good at this and really defining how they're going ahead and setting those parameters and why they need more power. And even in that, you can start to go ahead and appreciate the amount of just compute costs that they're looking at. They're talking about to get a trillion parameter model, say on NVIDIA A100s, that would be over $300 million, uh, and that would be about three months. And of course, timing is one of the other things that goes to it. The reason why we're getting better and better models is also they're able to do it in a shorter amount of time. This enables a lot of the inferencing and calculations to be done more quickly, which helps with the overall model performance. And therefore, you're going to have a better model at the end, whether it's foundational or whether it's one of the derivatives. 
Now, whenever you're talking about the computer clusters that are backing that, that means that ChatGPT4, for instance, was estimated to be about 100 times more energy intensive than ChatGPT 3.5. So we are on that scale of orders of magnitude. However, the flip side of that is we're getting way more efficient on how that energy is used. In other words, the model and the designers around this want to be more efficient. They want to get more out of it in order to have those better models. So they recognize that the more efficient that they can make the overall system performance, that's going to help the model, even as it helps the data center and overall energy performance as well. Now, whenever we're looking at the data center and what that means for the overall energy, and we're talking about it going up by certain factors, and of course they're running the model, but they're, they're running it several times, right? They're not just say running it for three months and then saying, yep, we're done, it's cooked, it's fully baked. No, they're going and testing it and then rerunning it. So add on another month, two months, three months each time. And that cost is about that same. And every two years, we're looking at doubling, tripling, and even 10 times the amount of compute power and cost that goes into it. So we're really ramping up quickly here. And part of the problem with that was, well, just use more compute. That was the solution, is just add more and more and more servers, add more compute, in order to use wider and wider and bigger and bigger parameters. And that, of course, six months ago was the solution. Now we're looking at all the efficiency. And of course, six months, a lot changes, right? So we're looking at what the efficiency of that compute actually is and making sure that that can perform according to what we're, we're expecting but perform well, and now we're starting to benchmark and appreciate. In other words, we're examining what that compute actually means instead of just slamming more, more compute together in order to try to answer the large language model solution. We're also seeing on the data center side, the researchers that are looking into AI and how they're doing it are starting to diverge, where it used to be very similar on the, the approach, and therefore you just add more compute. They're starting to realize that if they start stripping out some of the things that don't matter, some of those parameters that just aren't impacting or adding to what the model is actually producing through that model inferencing time, they can go ahead and strip that out and therefore they gain efficiencies there. On the data center side, that means less energy, right? So let's do that, let's do that a lot and decrease the amount of time it takes to generate the model, get to the conclusion, as well as the amount of energy that's going to be used. Okay. We better stop before we go too far down this AI rabbit hole. And what that means is we should get back to Blackstone and Brookfield have invested in a lot of data center companies over this last year in order to make sure that they can support all of this AI compute that's about to hit. One of the last things to add on that, though, is the AI really needs the latest in hardware. They really need to have the latest technology and the older supercomputers that might be sitting in those labs uh, somewhere, they really don't apply. Um, and it has to do with some of the configurations that are done. And we can dive into that and feel free to reach out and, and ask those questions. But we can't use them in the same way that we're going to with the new data centers and new configurations that we're looking at. It really is not the same when you're trying to get these large language models to produce on a shorter time frame and to be more energy efficient. Next up, let's talk about who's in and who's out around Ashburn and Data Center Alley in Northern Virginia. 
Let's start with the state of Maryland and their unfortunate decision. Uh, apparently, they have been looking across the river, uh, the Potomac River, into northern Virginia because they put a limit on the number of generators at the Quantum Loophole data center site. Now, good for them that they're going to limit the amount of emissions, which is what they're based on, but they limited it to 70 megawatts for the generators. And instead of that, they could have gone a number of different routes um, in order to allow uh, more generators, but say reduce overall emissions. Align Data Centers was originally planning to land in Quantum Loophole, one of the first to land there. And it's a number of miles north in Frederick County of Maryland, and it's north of Ashburn, Virginia. So if you look at a map, you can see where the lines go. And Quantum Loophole is developing all of these uh, networks that are going to land at the site. However, with Maryland limiting it to 70 megawatts of installed generators, there's no way that Align could really go with that with what their plans were. So they decided to go ahead and say, we're not going to develop there. It really hurts, of course, uh, the developer of Quantum Loophole. Uh, they do have others that have gone ahead and stepped in to say that they're going to go ahead and take more plots, uh, more land, and go ahead and develop. But the blame really goes right on the state of Maryland. You could not ask for a worse state to develop a data center in in today's society. Across the bridge in Virginia, you might have heard about groups getting together and pushing back on data center development. Yes, this has been happening in earnest, and there's been a number of public speaking, uh, lots of press releases, those kinds of things. But in a almost a move that's sort of counter to that, Prince William County, which is in a different county than Loudoun County, where Ashburn is at, Prince William County has seen all of the success in Loudoun County and its own success for, with data centers. And they are going ahead and approving a huge portion to, uh, to be developed around over 2,000 acres of development in their county. I was looking for the name of it there. It is Digital Gateway. Wanted to make sure I got that correct. But it's finally coming and they all in, voted in favor of it. So unanimous approval for the rezoning in Manassas, Virginia. Uh, Manassas has also seen a lot of other data center development all throughout. Um, and that's where the Manassas battlefields, if you don't know your Civil War history, a couple of battles took place there. Uh, go and look it up. It's an excellent site to tour as far as the battlegrounds. But one of the things that is pushed back is, well, if you start looking east or to the south, well, you start to see where these data centers, if they get built, if they are approved to be built at two and three stories, and two and three story data center, of course, is not 20 some feet. We're talking 60 feet, right? Um, then you're going to see them peek over the trees at the site of the battlefield. And that's not what people really want in Manassas. So this Manassas Gateway is going to be a different site that is going to allow a lot more development to help the county and get away from, uh, you know, impinging on a lot of these other sites or a lot of the views that people are concerned about. Now, who was this developed for? Well, I mentioned two of those big companies, right? Uh, Blackstone and Brookfield, well, they each have a company now that's going to land on that site. QTS is going to have over 11 million square feet of data center space and Compass, owned by Brookfield. Now, this year, I should say that they're still working on closing, but Compass is going to take also 11 million square feet 
of space on that site. So together they're making the hugest site that we've ever seen in a full development. So it's a lot of space, a lot of development, and we're going to see what they have intended and the overall power use um, once they start to go and uh, get and land transformers on the site. So a lot of development to really pay attention to and watch through the years ahead. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into predictions for 2024. Of course, there's all sorts, but what I'd like to do is stick with only a couple. And one of them we've already talked a little bit about, extensively about, and probably going to talk about many times is AI. And the demand increase for data centers, we've seen it really chew through the remaining stock of power, mostly and availability of space and everything else in the existing data center stock within the United States. Why? Well, all these different groups that bought all these NVIDIA and other servers and formed these companies, and they have great ideas on how they can apply it to all sorts of different areas of science and, and so on, and not just for making pretty pictures online, but actually applying it to, say, healthcare and other places that can really start to accelerate and help people, that's going to just keep increasing month over month throughout 2024. Now, because that demand has already been seen in 2023, it's not necessarily a predictor, but the idea is the predictor with that need for that computing power, the storage, specialized infrastructure, etc., is we're likely to see the facilities themselves start to change as it becomes more and more scarce. In order to get a data center online, a lot of places are really proud when they can get a, a data center up and running within 18 months or less. And that is quite an, an achievement for some of these large facilities. But what we're looking to see is how can we get that down? How can we get the infrastructure in place with the power available in order to meet that demand? As the AI and the needs for it start to mature, we're going to see how that evolution transpires to go ahead and save energy in how the models are being run, produced, etc., as well as the infrastructure that's required. Again, if you don't need generators, UPS, etc., you can look for the lead times maybe to get those facilities go from 12 months on a really being really proud of getting a facility up and operating to say six or eight months to getting a facility and the power available up and operating and you're turning the switch on for all of your AI devices. Now this demand has been exceedingly in the United States. We haven't seen it in APAC or EMEA, but that's probably going to change as well in 2024. So expect China is going to just start copying, copying, copying. Now they already have a lot of supercomputers that they're probably going to apply, but just like the United States and the solutions there, they're going to have to rebuild for new data centers, new deployments, configurations in order to solve for the AIs that they're looking to deploy as well. There are some fundamental differences, of course, with China using AI and language alone. You know, you can't just have a large language model that just derives everything from Reddit pages, right? You can look at a lot of the input that's given across all the other Chinese networks, and that's what they're going to be starting to aggregate. And it feels like they're just getting going. So we can see that start to steamroll and really gain momentum throughout 2024 as well. For Europe, 
uh, right now the suspicion is that we're going to see some large AI models deploy. Yes, sure. But we're talking the tens of megawatts to hundreds of megawatts. We're not talking the full-on hundreds and hundreds of megawatts that the U.S. data centers seem to be gearing up for in 2024, at least not yet. The next possible prediction is that uh, that segues with AI is power. And how do you get enough power in order to support the AI? And again, if your AI does not need all that redundancy and reliability, suddenly anywhere in the country, whether it's reliable grid or anywhere in the world starts to look good, as long as you can get the equipment that can supply the power at the power source and everything that you're going to need for it. So suddenly all those things that you thought about integrating with, say, the power grid. So if you want to make a microgrid and you want to attach your battery energy storage system or your hydro or your solar wind directly to that microgrid system, you're going to be probably looking at doing that in a little bit better manner and uh, not necessarily worry about reliability as much as you were in the past. On the power solution side, we're also looking at the other technologies, and I don't mean like the small nuclear or uh, fusion, things that are probably, uh, you know, years out. It's things that have already been done on the trusted solutions, and that means more along the lines of like fuel cells, as well as integration of other technologies along with that battery energy storage again. But fuel cells with some of those big fuel cell companies, uh, what is it, Fuel Cell Inc. and Bloom, People are already looking at that and dabbling with that, and Bloom has really uh, blossomed, so to speak, in the data center realm, but they've been around for years and years now, and now that they have that experience, they might be able to go ahead and step it up to be sort of that utility-level type of power source. Now, what does it take to be a utility-level type of power source? That means generally over 10 megawatts. If you can put a fuel cell array together, which has been dreamed up, and uh, I haven't seen it implemented quite yet, but if you've seen one, please let me know. But that's what we're talking about. And if you could start to do that with your network side and provide that constant power, you can start to look at doing that on your AI side as well. So the possibilities start to increase for that, those AI deployments as they get implemented in the data centers or even as they're newly built. Now, the next prediction uh, for 2024 could possibly be how do we present sustainability as we're looking to build those new power sources and new data centers to support AI or basically any deployment but you're going to have to have that sustainability solution as part of your overall strategy, no matter where you're going and where you're looking at for your, your data center, because the permits and the permitting agencies are getting very aware of data center deployments and that they want to move fast. So they, as regulatory agencies, are, are looking at, well, what's your sustainability plan as well? Show us. And if you don't have one, if you sort of like, well, we're going to come up with one and we'll show it to you, say, uh, in a couple months. That means you really haven't thought about it, and that's not what necessarily those agencies want to hear, um, but it might be what they get. But the idea is if you could show up with that sustainability strategy as integrated and part of your building strategy, your land development strategy, it's just going to be much smoother for you with all those regulatory agencies. The authorities have jurisdiction. You're going to get less pushback, especially if you can say, look, we have a lead gold data center that we're going to be putting here. 
let's go ahead and do that and all we need is your help in doing that so if you can show up with that sustainability as part of your overall integrated process you're probably going to have a much easier time of it and I should say that that's one aspect especially if you're looking at the development side but the other is on the investment side if you can say this is how we're going to uh, go down this road with all of our energy and sustainability strategies and you can show the investors that are what your plan is at the outcome you're probably going to get many more investors involved or at least say well I've checked the box there at least we know what we're doing we're not just sort of green coating things but we are going down that road to make sure that as somebody else who might want to lease or take this land or occupy this data center they're going to want to know that we can meet some ESG goals or strategies that they might have, especially for this new data center and AI deployment. And as you're meeting all of those demands, let's go ahead and integrate the, that sustainability strategy as part of all of that. And from the investor to the AHJ, everybody will be aware that that is an overlay. And instead of redundancy and reliability necessarily taking front seat for these AI data centers, suddenly we are talking about energy efficiency and sustainability taking the front seat for those types of data centers. Let's see, also for 2024, real quick, um, because all of the space and power is starting to be more and more limited, we're likely to see more edge deployments and smaller deployments for say the, the hybrid on the edge or the cloud that's on the edge for specific customers. But it's also to say, look, uh, electricity might get scarce in certain areas, so we're going to see a price rise across the industry on not just the data center space and what the colos might be offering as far as the price, but also on the electricity prices as well. So that fluctuation has been predicted for years, right? It's always been rather flat. Uh, there's been waves, of course but we might see a little bit more volatility as the years come by and we expect more and more expansion of these AI and other deployments for data centers. Oh, and one other thing I would be remiss of me to forget to mention about interest rates. I was reminded of uh, somebody on the finance side, finance team, that interest rates are a huge player in that as well. It's another lever. And with rising interest rates and costs and all those uh, items factored in, we're expected to see like those price rises no matter what probably um, inflation or no inflation and then along with that if throughout 2024 we might have a whole different price range by the end of 2024 than what we have today by 10 percent or more higher so again that's just a prediction we'll see how it plays out in the end let's see more on 2024 we should start to see a lot of ai being applied for all of the other things you might not think about, right? So all those things beyond, say, generating a, an article or looking up something for you on the internet, we should look at it as how do we apply to the brain itself? How does AI apply to AI and making itself more efficient? So if it's generating a certain amount of electricity and it can control, not just monitor and review and have some suggestions for controlling the servers within a data center and the servers themselves, say reviewing the VMware, whatever's on, on the server and can get access to that and start to modify how the servers are behaving, it can start to eliminate all those zombie servers or the ones that are sitting idle or not optimized for whatever application service or whatever whatever they're providing. If we can start to get to that level, it's going to change and be a game changer for the data center industry as far as the software components. 
The other side, of course, is on the facility. How does that match up where, look, we're going to be operating the servers a certain way. How do we want to operate the cooling because it has a lag mode to the the amount of energy that's going in from the power that's supplied to it. So how can we do that in predictive modeling in order to get closer and closer and closer on the design and operation of these data centers overall so that we can save a heck of a lot more energy and also we can start to designing uh, smaller data centers or smaller systems that are a little bit more uh, lean overall and we don't have to build so much fluff and safety factors in everything from the space to the structure, to the mechanical systems, to the power, etc. And therefore, if you're not stranding the amount of cooling or power, it's going to make an overall more efficient data center at the end. A lot of the other predictions for 2024, of course, the standard ones are, you know, we're going to be seeing some shifting tides on overall economy, IPOs, mergers, acquisitions. Uh, we might see some more billion dollar deals come into play. Um, but also cybersecurity, you know, growth across different countries and different markets is going to keep going. Um, probably the same predictors that we saw in the last five years are still going to apply. But now we might see some acceleration across different markets based on where power availability is, as well as not so much the reliability. And that's probably one of the differences in the predictors from the years past versus this year or upcoming year that we're going to see. And perhaps one last prediction is we might see this growth continue for AI and AI alone for the next decade. So maybe that's a broader reaching prediction, but it's likely not to slow down. And we're going to see more and more of it keep growing and we'll see how that does. And we'll check in to see how 2024 treats us in a couple months. Thank you once again for listening to the Green Data Center podcast. We are very grateful to hit over 7,500 listens over the course of about uh, two years now. I do appreciate all of those who have reached out about doing interviews and uh, supporting in other ways. And we do appreciate any likes and mentions wherever you may place them. And of course, feel free to reach out Ask any questions at the greendatacenterguide.com website. Of course, we love to talk data centers anytime. Feel free to reach out, ask us a question. Also, if you're just getting into data centers, feel free to go to our deepest discount that we have. It's on the website, greendatacenterguide.com. And it's with Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y.com. And you'll find a nice, cheap entryway to get into data centers. Hope to see you soon.